athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio. From the press box to press row, I am your host, Donald Ware. We got a lot to get to in today's program. As a matter of fact, it's it's rivalry week. A lot of rivalries are going on. Of course, we had the A&T North Carolina Central game on Thursday. The game was uh, played on ESPN. It was uh, aired, as a matter of fact, on ESPN. You had a chance to be at that game. I'm going to talk about that game, which decided the MEAC regular season championship. Going to have some sound from Lavelle Moten, the head coach. Of North Carolina Central from Sound from Will Jones, the head coach of North Carolina A&T. And for all of, you know, for all of my folks that live in the state of North Carolina, understand the Aggie Eagle rivalry. It's it's big time. Like it, it it's a football thing. Uh, right. When you talk about the Aggie Eagle classic uh, going back to its days in Raleigh and it, its inception, I believe the first game was 1994, ultimately ended in 2004, but that rivalry continued to the point with basketball. Now, you talk about basketball, you talk about A&T, North Carolina Central, two founding members of the MEAC. The first two MEAC tournament championships won by North Carolina A&T. The last three MEAC tournament championships won by North Carolina Central, only fitting that the regular season for this year would come down to uh, the game between these two rivals. You go back to, uh, it was, I think it was either, it may have been 89 uh, when he had the big fight on campus at A&T. And that fight led to neither team playing on the respective campuses of the other until Maybe was it 2012? I think it was the first time. It may have been like 2012. I remember being at that game. It was Central at a and It was 2012, I believe. But, I mean, it's a big-time rivalry. What is your top rivalry? I mean, even if you look at – I mean, even if you look at the CIAA Tournament Championship, Winston-Salem State against Fayetteville State, that is a rivalry as well. Obviously, I mean, you have so many – uh, in our state of North Carolina, you can look at uh, Duke and Carolina, uh, more specifically in basketball. You can look at Carolina uh, and NC State. Uh, you can look at St. Augs and Shaw. I mean, there are so many different rivalries. And then across the landscape, uh, even HBCU football, Grambling and Southern, uh, Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, who got together uh, in basketball also, by the way. What is your favorite rivalry i want to hear from you on this hit me up via twitter at box to row 
B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Got a good show lined up for you today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As a matter of fact, speaking about the CIAA Tournament Championship and what a game! I, this now I was not I didn't I was not at the CIAA tournament this year. I had been to every CIAA tournament since my first one in 2002. Did not go this year. Had a chance to watch the men's championship game on television, and what a game it was! I mean, it was an outstanding game, and I I got to be honest. I thought you know Fayetteville State pretty much had it locked up. Had a what an 11 point lead with like. It seemed like it was less than four minutes. I think they still had that 11-point lead at the under four-minute media timeout. And I didn't think that, you know, Fayetteville State was going to be able to come back, but ultimately it did. And behind the play of Robert Colon, who was absolutely phenomenal, he was named the CIAA Tournament MVP. He's also the reigning Box to Row National Player of the Week. Hit those huge free throws. Winston-Salem State down, four seconds remaining, down 62-60. to 60. He gets fouled. First of all, the way that he even created the contact to get fouled was in of itself a really big-time play. Like That was a big-time move by Cologne. And then to go to the free-throw line and knock down those three free-throws with four seconds remaining, is big time. I mean, Robert Colon has been one of the best players in the CIAA for four years. You know, a box to row All America last year, and you know he was, matter of fact, also this uh, the the box to row Rookie of the Year for Division Two going back uh, to the 2016-2017 season. So this guy has been absolutely tremendous. Was tremendous. Cleo Hill Jr. in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Winston Salem State going to join us today here on from the press box to press row and i tell you to be able to do it in two years um after uh been having been out i think he was out of basketball maybe not maybe not totally out of basketball but he wasn't coaching at least he wasn't head coaching for three years um once he and shaw split back in 2015 and to be able to come back in year two and win the CIAA championship is absolutely phenomenal. When I think when you talk about um, coaches uh, and uh, really good coaches, Cleo Hill is, in my mind, very much underrated. Uh, you look at what he was able to accomplish at Shaw in a very short amount of time. The Shaw program, uh, in essence, was in shambles when he took over in the uh, during the 2000, I believe it was the, two, the 2007, 2000, no, the 2008 a 2009 season uh, was his first season. The, the, the program uh, wasn't very good. Turned it around. Uh, in, by 2011, Shaw had won the CIAA Tournament Championship. Had a really good year in 2012, even though uh, the Bears didn't win the championship. But even before that, you talk about uh, his time at Cheney State. In five years at Cheney State, with two Scott with what equal two scholarships, he was able to take the Wolves to two uh, uh, two regional tournaments, two regional tournaments with two scholarships. That in of itself is great. You talk about even before that as an assistant coach at Shaw under Joel Hopkins uh, was very instrumental in recruiting Flip Murray uh, to Shaw uh, was also, uh, I mean, he's just done so much. An underrated coach, Cleo Hill Jr. Going to join us today here on From the Press Box 
to Press Row. Again, going to talk uh, about the North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T game as well. Your participation. Give me your thoughts. What did you think if you had a chance to watch or be at the A&T and Central game? Give me your thoughts on that. Give me your thoughts on your favorite rivalry. Um, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can hit me up on my personal uh, Twitter account, at dware one at dware one or uh, also on my personal Instagram account, which is where Donald. Thank you to all of the great affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. Um, speaking of uh, the rivalry, we look at um, out of Greensboro, WNAA uh, carries the program. We, uh, we look at uh, out of Durham, uh, we have uh, Buzz Sports Radio uh, that carries the program. Some of our other rivalry uh, areas uh, out of Tallahassee, how about WTAL that carries the program? Um, how about um, when you look at uh, uh, in the Daytona Beach area, uh, W-E-L-E uh, that carries the program. Uh, also, uh, 99.1 that carries the program. Those that listen to us on Sirius XM Channel 142 and those that listen to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. So first of all, a big victory for North Carolina Central, 86 to 80 over North Carolina A&T, as mentioned again, the MEAC regular season title on the line, of course, uh, uh, in uh, maybe about three weeks uh, prior, A&T defeated North Carolina Central uh, in Greensboro. First of all, can I just say how much fun I had at this basketball game? Like generally, if I'm at a college basketball game, I'm generally, you know, probably calling the game and... I just had a just first of all the atmosphere at North Carolina Central, and I think you know if I think about it, like I don't think I've seen a game at NCCU since maybe or been at a game I should say since 2007. I think that was the last time I was at a North Carolina Central game on the campus of NCCU. Of course, as mentioned with this particular rivalry, it, it renewed. In terms of being back on campus, I believe in 2011, 2010, 2011, 2012, something like that after the, you know, the big fight that happened uh, in 91. But I had a, a lot of fun. I mean, you talk it, 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 it had the feel of a big time game. I've talked with you uh, a little bit about sort of that Duke and UNC rivalry and being uh, at some of those games and. You have, you know, you have ESPN, the, the game day uh, that's that's there. I've been to a couple of those. It had sort of that feel a little bit. It was it was broadcast on ESPNU. All of the local television stations were at the game. You even had NC State's head coach, uh, Kevin Keats, uh, was at the game. Ninth Wonder, uh, the producer, was at the game. Um, and now, of course, Mel Blunt, Pro Football Hall of Famer, is at the game. But, of course, his son is Jabril uh, Blunt of North Carolina Central. But, I mean, it, it was just a big-time atmosphere. And I had an absolutely, absolutely wonderful time. I want to really break the game down. 
Um, I'm getting ready to run up against a break. I have some sound uh, from both coaches, from North Carolina Central head coach Lavelle Moten, from North Carolina A&T head coach Will Jones. So I've got some sound that I'm going to play for you um, from them. Um, and I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to really break this game down and really give you my thoughts on this game. The first half was absolutely spectacular. North Carolina Central took a one-point lead into halftime. Uh, A&T had as much as a 13-point lead, and it really dwindled. A- uh, Central went on a nice run. But even in the second half, Central was a little bit cold, while A&T uh, really you know, took maybe a five-, six-point lead but couldn't sustain it. So up against the break, we're going to step aside, take a break. Actually, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Winston-Salem State head men's basketball coach, Cleo Hill Jr. Then I'll talk about the A&T and North Carolina Central game as From the Press Box to Press Row rolls on. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. From the press box to press row and boxtorow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As promised, we're joined by a gentleman in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State. The Rams defeated Fayetteville State 63-62 in the CIAA Tournament Championship game. Uh, And uh, Cleo Hill Jr. is the head coach, of course, uh, of the Rams. And they did it in dramatic fashion. As Coach Hill joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Hill, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Thanks a lot, Donna. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You know, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've had you on. And, you know, you and I go back a long way, man. And, I, I mean, I, 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 was, I, I had a chance to watch the game. Uh, I was happy for you not, you know, and I know, I know Luke D'Alessio. I, I, know, I know him, too. But I was happy for you, man, because I didn't know if the Rams could come. You're down 11 points at the under four-minute timeout. And to be able to do it in dramatic fashion – your thoughts on the victory in the CIAA Tournament Championship over Fayetteville State? Well, like you said, Luke does a great job. I mean, he's come back. Um, I'm not sure how many years he's been out of the league, uh, but he came out like a bolt of lightning and uh, won over 20 games and, and got to the finals of the CIAA Championship. So, you know, hats off to Luke and his staff that he brought in and, and – the players that were there last year, there's quite a few players that were there last year, and I know he brought in a couple of pieces, um, but hats off to them. On our side, um, you know, I've been out of the league uh, for three years, uh, come back, 
and uh, in two years we we've catapulted from uh, a five and twenty two season to uh, wow a CIAA championship in year two. Um, a lot of it has to do with my staff, Donald. I mean, both of them um, top notch guys uh, as people and uh, very 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 good coaches. And I think in time will we'll prove to be this will prove to be one of the great great staffs in the history of our league. Yeah, and we'll talk about that because I I need to know like how does one go from five and twenty two to winning one year in the first year no less to winning the CIAA tournament championship and it's absolutely remarkable. Um, in the game, can you speak to how? Your guys were able to come back. I mean, again, down double digits, the under four-minute timeout. Uh, ultimately, you come back to win by uh, one point. Robert Cologne, three free throws with four seconds remaining to put you up by one. Right. Donald, we're getting down by 11. We, went down, we were down by 11-9, 11-9 for a couple of minutes. Um, and that last timeout that I called, we were down by 11 I did have a chance to to look in the guys' eyes, um, and I did not see any quit. You know, there are times when you get down late in games, and you just see the body language, you see the facial expressions. Um, I believe it or not, a lot of it was was our Ram fans behind the bench, uh, and they they were like really, really convinced that we we had Fayetteville right where we needed to have them. And they cheered us, and we have your back. Just keep pushing, and all of that was going along in this timeout. Um, we we wanted to put together uh, a defensive run. I think we're one of the top defensive teams in the league, actually the top defensive team in our league, and eighth in the country. So we wanted to, with four minutes left, just establish ourselves like we've done all year on the defensive end. I thought we got some good stops. We didn't we didn't rush. You know, sometimes you can get down late in games by that many points and rush and uh make bad decisions. But I thought we were really poised on the offensive end and really, really gritty tough uh on the defensive end. Um and I think three guys were true to form. Um Jalen Austin on the offensive boards, uh, he got a a good rebound and put back uh, John Hicklin, who's not a great three-point shooter but hits timely threes, I think he got one. And then we had our all-CIAA performer, Robert Cologne, kind of lead us back um, in that in that comeback and, and eventually had the last play of the game. With, with the help of a, a defensive play, we tied up Seegers in the corner and got that jump ball. And, uh, you know, Robert, you know, he, he made do um, with the time on the clock and, made a gritty but savvy basketball play and uh, got fouled on the three-pointer and had to have the presence of mind and the poise and the confidence to knock down three three pressure shots. Yeah. Cleo Hill Jr. in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And we talked about that, like the move that he made to be able to get fouled and to make those uh, those shots Speak to that, but really more so, he's been one of the best players in the CIAA all four years. He started off not so great, ended great. You know, speak about his play 
uh, throughout the course of the 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 the, uh, the game. But you know, sort of his, his his season started out not so great either, and then look how it ended. Yeah, I think we brought in so many new faces, and and I'm not sure what exactly he was going through at the beginning of the season, but he was really, really not shooting the ball the way he usually does. Um, I think his shot selection was was bad. Um, You know, his body language wasn't good, and, you know, he's a captain, and and, and we constantly got on him about, you know, leadership, Uh, and he wasn't responding. So he came off the bench for a couple of games and actually did very well coming off the bench. Um, then we got into that the dog days of the season, which is late, mid to late December. Um, and he eventually kind of worked his way back in the lineup. And we had a host of injuries through through January and even some suspensions for minor stuff. Um, but I thought mid-January he kind of got himself back on track um, and started leading better first, um, and then his you know his play eventually got better. Just his whole body language and body energy, uh, all the way through the tournament. I think he had two hiccups. I, I thought he reverted back against St. Aug, uh, and I thought he he got himself together and then reverted back um, against Johnson C. Smith um, before having a solid game against uh, Livingstone. At the end of the year, senior day, and, um, you know, he got himself back on track uh, that game and then playing Livingstone again in the tournament. And, you know, Claflin, I thought he played well, and I thought he saved his best game for last. And those free throws just speak to his work ethic. Uh, He's one of those guys that's the first in the gym, last to leave, watches a lot of film, Um, you know, treats his body right, you know, he lifts, he eats well, and um, that last play, you know, was a very savvy play. He's hit that step-back three-pointer countless times during the year, and uh, he told me later that the the step-back was was the shot that he wanted, but he felt like even making the initial contact with the defense on that move, the defense was very close. Yeah. How? So we, um, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You give the fake. If they don't, they don't go for the fake. You, you, the move is dead. But he, the guy went for the fake, and uh, you know he kind of jumped in the air. Maybe leaned in a little bit, but eventually got the foul call. Yeah. You know how? I know you've been practicing this week. You gave the guys a couple of days off. Uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, got right back to it. Wednesday. You know, how is practice going so far as you prepare for the regionals, which uh, of course, we'll begin next week. Well, we gave them actually Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and um, you know, of course, I'm, I'm assuming that they they did some celebrating <laughs> as, as young guys do. Um, so the start of practice was was rough. Um, since we don't know who we are playing, it was it was filled with a lot of running um, and a lot of defensive of defensive drills. And once we find out who we're playing, we'll kind of tailor our practice and scouting reports and walk through through for that specific team. Cleo Hill Jr., the head men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State, joins us here on the program. What does it mean to you, Coach Hill, to be the second coach to win a CIAA tournament championship with two different teams? You won it with Shaw 
uh, in 2000 as a head coach. He won it with Shaw in 2011. And then, of course, this year with Winston-Salem State. Not very surprised that it's happened more recently. Of course, Lonnie Blow able to achieve it with St. Augs and then with Virginia State, I guess, maybe three years ago or so. Yeah, you kind of hear those stats, Donald, and it becomes trivia. You know, this is the first time I feel like I'm a part of one. Um, (laughs) So when I heard that before, it might have been Thursday uh, before we played. I heard that that stat, and I kind of thought about LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. The first uh, one of them is going to be the first person to win the championship as the main player um, for three different teams, and that that's what came to mind. Um, it's an honor to 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 be able to do that, and of course, uh, Lonnie Blow is one of the great great coaches in our league, um, and to be in the same sentence in the same breath with somebody of that statue is is pretty gratifying yeah no no question about it cleo hill jr joins us here on the program for you um you know i I, and and i've known you a long time and when when i have a lot of respect for you and you know i have a lot of respect for shaw and i I hate it to see uh the two of you, uh, you and shaw part ways back in 2015 i mean was did you you know, was that the deal? Did you feel like it was time for you maybe to sort of uh, to sort of step back and and, and uh, reassess and do something else? I mean, at the time, I don't think I did think about it like that. Um, but I think after, right after, um, I didn't have time to think about it. Of course, uh, my father came down ill uh and eventually passed in in that that same year of of uh 2015 that August um after I kind of got through that part of it uh not not coaching and not having my father there for advice um I kind of thought maybe it was time maybe maybe it was time um to, to do something new or explore some other things, and I did that with the player development. Um, but always, always having great relationships with administration there. I still keep in contact um, with some of the players. And, you know, Al and, and his wife are, are great. And, um, you know, I just wish the best for Shaw. Um, they gave me my my first job uh Back in our league, um, my first job uh, at a historically black institution as a, an assistant coach, and you know, I kind of, you know, I thank them for that because it's it's kind of where I wanted to be. Yeah, let let's step aside, take a break, come back. We'll have more with Winston Salem State head men's basketball coach Cleo Hill Jr. on the other side. All right, we're back here on from the press box to press row, Cleo Hill Jr. In his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State, joins us on the program again, the second coach to win a CIAA tournament championship with two different teams. Did it last Saturday with Winston-Salem State. Did it back in 2011 uh, with Shaw. Uh, yeah, man, let, let's talk a little bit. You know, Cleo Hill's seen a lot of a lot of the young folks not going to really know maybe who your father was. Great player before there was Earl the Pearl Monroe. There was Cleo Hill Sr. at Winston-Salem State. You know, I, I know that uh, obviously 2015 had to be a very difficult time uh, for you. But, you know, talk about uh, your dad and, and who he was and, and obviously uh, what he what and who he meant to you. 
Right. I mean, very, very accomplished as a as a college basketball player. Um, I think broke a lot of records, and, and I think in in Division Two, and maybe even collegiate sports, was was one of the the first exciting guards that that came through the ranks in, in terms of you know the amount of shots that he he could shoot you know hook shot and you know shoot very well from distance with both hands at that time they had the two hand set shot and I think there were a, a handful of very good skilled guards but he was one of the first ones playing above the rim. Um, I've been told that he was a cross between Kyrie Irving and Dwayne Wade. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, which is a pretty good basketball player. <laughs> um, so I think then put in historically black college on a, on a national scene um, with his exploits on the, on the basketball court um, and in essence paving the way for um, a lot of black athletes to come to college um, and get scholarships. So, I think on a basketball playing end, um, he was very accomplished in college. And, of course, uh, he met my dear mom there uh, here at Winston-Salem State. And uh, they eventually got married. And the the thought of my conception started right on this campus. So I always <laughs> get a kick out of speaking about that. Um, he went on to have a very good college career coaching Uh at Essex County Community College, but there was a stint that he had uh, in the NBA uh, with the St. Louis Hawks that has been talked about in, in, in various documentaries. Um, you know, a part of his life that he he rarely spoke about, but he did not seem uh, bitter, at least to me. Um, there's always been speculation of, of, of racism and things of that nature, um, you know, I don't know all the, the, the components of that, um, but he's, as far as I'm concerned, he, he's never spoken negatively about the NBA, although his career was cut short um, by some political things. Um, he was never bitter and went on to have a, a great, great coaching career, and he's always been a good dad to me and a good mentor, and you know, just speaking to me about life and, and, and more about basketball and coaching and philosophy of, um, and I just missed him. You know, just missed him. I wish, I wish he was here to kind of see this, along with Coach Gaines. Um, it's bittersweet. I'm happy we won the championship. Um, but just not having those guys makes it a little bitter. Yeah, no, understood. Cleo Hill Jr., a couple of more thoughts with Cleo Hill Jr., the head men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State. So when this job came open, like it was a no-brainer. You knew the double-A. You played in the double-A at North Carolina Central. A couple of stints at Shaw, one as an assistant, one uh, as the head coach. Uh, it, it was almost like a no-brainer that, I mean, your dad, of course, played there. It's like a no-brainer uh, to, uh, to, in fact, uh, apply for this job at Winston-Salem State, correct? Actually, it was not. <laughs> no? Yeah, no, it was not. Um, g- going back to, uh, you know, the, the situations at Shaw, it, it was something that I did not want to, to go back into coaching at um, a historically black institution. I wanted to just transition into the player development um, and I, I 
did get a call. I think it was late mid late January, early February that um Winston Salem State job might be open. And uh my response was, oh wow. And I didn't think twice about it, but I did go look at the record and I think at that time in early February they might have been three and something or four and something. Um and I you know, I did think like, wow, you know, Winston Salem is not definitely happy about that. Um but I I still didn't think about applying for the job um until it might have been, you know, I was asked if I was going to the tournament, and I said, no, I hadn't been in the tournament since I coached there. And uh, I guess once the season ended, I did get another phone call from a friend of mine and said, look, that, that would be something that would be great for you. And when he said that, and this is now the second conversation I had with him, I did say, wow, wouldn't that be something to coach at Winston-Salem State, something I never, never thought of. Um, and they haven't had that many coaches in in the last – they haven't had that many coaches in the last 20 years. Uh, so I didn't think it was like a, a revolving door. They've been pretty consistent with coaches. But I said, you know what, I, I will apply for the job. Um, and then I applied for it, uh, which the the application is it's just so long to me, just so tedious. <laughs> um, but I did apply, and I think a couple of days after that, John Dale uh, wrote that there were 104 applicants. And I was like, oh, wow, who wants to be bothered with that? And really just went along with my life and didn't think twice about it at that time. Wow. Wow. And then ultimately, yeah, and then ultimately got the job. A uh, couple more thoughts. Uh, Cheney State, you know, I talked about this in, in the open um, that, you know, how does, you know, it, it's like, I mean, it's no surprise to me, like you go from five and 22 to winning the CIAA tournament the next year. Well, you know, I, I would argue that maybe your one of your tougher coaching jobs was as the head coach at Cheney State, where you, in essence, for in four years had, you know, maybe each year, I guess, in essence, the equivalency of two scholarship, yet take that program to the NCAA regionals twice. Like, how does that happen? Well, you know what? It's where I was. Where I was located, um, we we got a lot of Philly kids, um, and you know, I coached Ronald Murray. Uh, I coached Jarrett Jarrett Curse. Um, and I, I knew the landscape of Philadelphia. I didn't know the surrounding areas of Chester and Coatesville. I, did, I didn't know those areas, but I did know Philadelphia, and I had some contacts there. I think those kids really wanted to come to school to play basketball and graduate, but I think the bigger picture was whatever they had to do to graduate, they would do that, even if that meant taking out loans. So I had some very good players that just really didn't mind taking out some loans and letting me supplement. Um, and that was the key. Uh, in in North Carolina, they they they're not they don't seem like they're as as willing to take out those those loans 
to, to finish school, in which, you know, sometimes you just have to, depending on your situation. But that that was that was the key. I mean, the fact that I coached Flip and Jared that 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 definitely helped in the context that I had within Philadelphia. Um, that helped, and then um, you know the mechanics of of two two scholarships, and it, it might have been closer to two two and a half. Uh, you get one impact player from out of state. He has to be an impact player. And the two players that I had that came from out of state were impact. So my first player was Ryan Sidney from Boston College. You know, he was like a big-time player. Uh, I think in that time, Boston College was in the Big East. And then uh, my last year, I got Robert Simpson, uh, who was 6'9", went to Mount Zion, uh, you know, was was really close to going to Louisville out of high school. So those were my two out of state guys, and you you have to get your out of state guys have to be all conference kind of players. Um, and then after that, I just got some good, smart players, tough players from Philadelphia um, that wanted to be a part of a winning program, wanted their degree, uh, and were willing to take out some loan money. Yeah. And then lastly, and we appreciate the time. I, I, we haven't talked about this in years, and I don't ever, I don't know. And that now that the years have have really passed, what was? I mean, it's almost hard to compare. But what was the better team? Two thousand two Shaw CIAA tournament championship team, or that two thousand twelve team that you were the head coach of at Shaw that went undefeated uh, in regular season play in the CIAA tournament? Oh boy, that's. That's uh, I've I've talked about it uh, on several occasions, um, and I think man for man, I think it's extremely close. I think it's it's extremely close. I try to I try to put it on paper, and for me, I, being the coach of of the 2012 team, I, I probably would have cross matched. Um, and put, I probably would have put Derek Hunter on Ronald Murray. Um, yeah, he was pretty good. Was Hunter was pretty good. Of, yeah, out of out of Tony Smith and Malik Alvin and Derek, but yeah, when you put it all together, you know Ronald Murray, you know played eight eight or nine years in the NBA. He's he's a professional player, NBA right. player. Even though Malik Alvin played. Overseas and a couple of those players played overseas. I think in the end, Ronald Murray makes a difference. Yeah, um, he was a six-four athletic Malik Alvin, and I think I think that would have been the difference uh, in those two teams. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, I mean, I have to, I just have to say that it's sort of sort of ironic that you didn't win the tournament championship that year, and you no. you lost to Winston, no. who won it that year. Was it the last time right. that right. Winston won it. it? They talk about it. We actually talked about it today. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I tell you this, though. I'll tell you this, though. Uh-huh. If out of the, the two teams, if, if, if I have – if I have to go through a tournament, I'm taking the 2011 team. Okay. I'm taking that team because they, they could execute anything. Anything that I drew up on a piece of paper, <laughs> it could have been a candy wrapper. Anything I drew up, they, they could they could execute. So I probably would take that team out of the three. I no. probably would. Okay. 
Very good. Again, in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Winston-Salem State, Cleo Hill Jr., the Rams winning the CIAA Tournament Championship last Saturday. Await to see who they will face in the NCAA Regional. Coach Hill, we appreciate the time, man. Continued success to you and the Rams. Donald, appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine, Coach Hill. Probably maybe eight or nine years since we've had Cleo Hill on the program. Great to see him be able to bounce back, win that CIAA Tournament Championship. For those that don't know who Cleo Hill Sr. is, Google him. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, getting back to talking about North Carolina A&T and Central and your favorite rivalries. Box to Road. Box to Road.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Box to Road.com. Your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. What's your favorite robbery? Seems to be rivalry week, so hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W, or on Facebook, B O X the number two R O W. You're more than welcome to uh, hit me up and follow me on my personal Twitter account at Dware1, at Dware1, or on Instagram at WareDonald. So I want to get back to the North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central uh, basketball game, which decided the, the regular season for the MEAC and uh, big victory for the Eagles, 86 to 80 over the Aggies. I mean, the atmosphere was great. I mean, I had a great, like, I, I, I really had a good time at this game. It was great to watch. It was a really good game. Um, the atmosphere was great. It was packed. It wasn't sold out. There were still some seats, sort of, we were sitting on the, the side of the scores table in the overflow media area, but across you could look across in the upper section. There were plenty of seats, but it was still packed. You know, the, the fans were great, really for both sides, most notably for for the Eagles. And, you know, it, the, the, the PA announced I mean, it, was just, it was just a great atmosphere. Uh, for college basketball, no question about it. And by the way, of course, we played um, the song to start the show, Dynasty, uh, Jay-Z's Dynasty. Well, that's how um, North Carolina Central does their intro video before their starters uh, are announced. And, I mean, hey, they're building a dynasty in Durham. Three straight tournament, cha- MEAC tournament championships and now a number one seed uh, in the MEAC tournament coming up. Uh, on next week. So my thoughts on the game. A&T jumped out to about a 13-point lead. It was about a 13-point lead through, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, it seemed like it was at the 10-minute mark or so. Uh, A&T had, had a, had a uh, matter of fact, it was 27-14. to 14. And North Carolina Central just began to chip away at that lead and chip away. As a matter of fact, went on a 26 to 12 run to end the half and take a 40 to 39 lead. Um, I thought, you know, there was a dunk by Nicholas uh, Finley that was absolutely tremendous. He 
um, was able to put it down. He didn't dunk it quite in the face of Harry Maurice, who was 6'11 of A&T. Uh, Maurice was sort of trailing uh, on the play a little bit, but it was a big-time dunk, and it was, I think, sort of helped to propel. It was towards the latter part of the first half, and I think it sort of helped to propel North Carolina Central, especially from a crowd perspective. The crowd was then really into the game. I think that dunk actually cut the A&T lead um, to two, uh, but at that time, the momentum belonged to North Carolina Central. Wasn't any doubt about that. But then in the second half, and, you know, I, I, I as I looked at some of the first half stats, you know, it says that the Eagles shot 54% from the field in the first half. And to me, in all honesty, it didn't feel like that. It felt like they missed quite a few shots. I mean, there were some lulls, I think, in the game. And we had an explosive and an exciting second half, but it just felt like there were some lulls, I thought, in the game. But when I look at the numbers, wow, the Eagles shot 54% from the field in the first half. In the second half, A&T came out strong. I mean, I thought A&T came out really strong, uh, had as much as a five to six point lead, but couldn't sustain it. Uh, a couple of guys for A&T did get in foul trouble. Most notably, Devin Haygood was in, in foul trouble. And this is a guy that really plays above the rim. He's, uh, let me, let me tell you guys something. If you haven't seen Cameron Langley play for A&T, this guy's unbelievable. You look at the final stats. I have them in front of me. 18 points, 12 assists. Like he's the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he became the all time leader. Uh, in terms of assists at A&T and has an opportunity to break the all-time record uh, for most assists in a career in the MEAC this season. He's still got one more year left, um, 18 points, 12 assists, nine rebounds. And, you know, he gets a lot of these alley-oops to Devin Haygood and A&T had a, quite a few alley-oops in the game. But Guys got into foul trouble, most notably Devin Haygood. Langley got into a little bit of foul trouble. But even in the second half, you had guys like Tyler May really hitting shots and big shots. And, you know, even Tyrone Lyons hit a couple of big shots uh, to, to sort of keep North Carolina Central at bay. But then all of a sudden, Haygood picked up his fourth personal foul. He went out of the game. And I don't think that really was the determinant in the game for for what happened to A&T. Really? You know, you got to give a lot of credit to North Carolina Central. The crowd got behind him. Um, uh, you know, you look at Jabri Blunt. The first game, he was like 3 of 11. This game, 7 of 14. He had some really big plays, 19 points in the ball game. He had some big shots. I mentioned Fennel with that monster dunk. He had 19 points in the game. Um, off the bench, uh, C.J. Kaiser had 20 points in the game and Central played some pretty good defense, I thought, particularly uh, down the stretch. But Central couldn't close the game out like Central had some problems hitting free throws and it really kept A&T within two possessions with about two minutes remaining. So A&T uh, had really a lot of opportunities. Uh, a whole lot of opportunities. Haygood ultimately fouled out with 343 remaining in the game. But I thought A&T really had some opportunities, some missed free throws, just couldn't hit shots. And this is what uh, head coach Will Jones had to say after the game. Tough loss. Um, when you come into somebody else's house, uh, you have to um, play you know, with less mistakes. And um, we made tons of mistakes defensively and allowed them to uh, – score the basketball at a rate that they're really not used to scoring 
and um, put them on the free throw line. And at the other end, uh, we didn't have an opportunity to get to the line as much as we normally have a chance to get to the line. So I'll look at the film and evaluate that. But the guys, they didn't give up. Uh, we kept pushing. And um, now it's a new season. Uh, we still feel like we're the best team in the league. And we got to go to Norfolk and win three games in a row. Is it is it more heartbreaking if you – I mean, you have another opportunity, right, because you go to the MEAC tournament, but is it more heartbreaking because you had a chance to win the MEAC outright for the first time maybe in 28 years? You know, we wanted to accomplish that goal, and um, just the way the schedule falls, you know, when your last game of the season is versus a rival, anything can happen in rivalry games. And so, uh, you know, we split. Um, they won one more game than we did, um, and so they're the champions. Now we have to focus on winning the championship that matters that gets you to the NCAA tournament. Um, late, the latter part of the game, was it when you couldn't score, was it a, more of a function of Central's defense or you just weren't hitting shots? I thought that we had hard drives to the basket. Normally we get two points and have an opportunity to at least go to the free throw line, whether we make them or not. That's been a, you know, a, a question mark all year for us. But at least... We had an opportunity to get there. Tonight, we didn't uh, get a chance to do that. So, uh, you know, that's how the things fall sometimes, and we got to deal with it. How, how much did the foul trouble affect you guys? I know you were without Devin and without yes. Ron for yeah. Good, yeah. good portions of this game. Yeah. How much did it affect y'all? It affected us a ton when you're getting foul calls on your best players. Um, our best players sat on the bench the majority of the night. Their best players played the majority tonight. So anybody can look at that, look at the stat sheet. And guys our, that play the same position. And if our guys aren't playing, our better guys aren't playing, it hurts our opportunity to win. And so it did tonight. A&T head coach Will Jones, I think what he's saying, there's some truth to that. Like three players for A&T fouled out of this basketball game. But I think more so to me, Guys didn't hit shots down the stretch. You look, uh, once Jabri Blunt made the three-point play, he, he made a layup, got fouled, uh, tied the game at 65. He hit the free throw. Central never trailed at that point. And then if you uh, look down the stretch, Tyler May, who was good in the first half, and especially towards the first part of the second half, down the stretch only had only hit one of two shots. You know, I think that hurt. Let me just give you the sequence for A&T. After the three-point play, miss jumper, miss three-pointer, miss layup. Then you had a good layup to after uh, Central had gone on a seven-to-nothing run to pull A&T to within seventy to sixty-seven. Looked like they were in good shape. The Aggies may have still been in good shape. That was with about five minutes remaining. Then turnover, turnover, miss layup. Then a good free throw to pull A&T to within 75 to 68 with 242 remaining. Good jumper by Tyler May pulled A&T to within 76 to 70. Couple of missed free throws by Central. A&T could not capitalize. Missed three-pointer and a turnover. And, I mean, A&T just did not capitalize down the stretch. Had some foul trouble, but I think it was more that A&T didn't capitalize. And this is what North Carolina Central head coach Lavelle Moton had to say about the Eagles' win. Man, we knew it wasn't going to be easy. We knew it was going to be a struggle. 
They're a really good basketball team, really athletic, really good players. You know, it was just tough. We just had to calm down and contain them a little bit and um, get our legs up under us. And I just thought we made significant plays at significant times. I thought our crowd was really impactful. You know, they, we needed some energy. Our legs got a little tired. I think it's our third game in six days. So they really energized us, man, and fueled us to, to, to make significant plays, man. And I'm proud of these kids. What does it mean to get a victory like that for the MEAC uh, regular season championship against your arch rival? It's huge, man. It's one they'll cherish forever. You know, like sometimes you remember them, but, you know, let's be honest, the ones against your arch rival and your nemesis is, is always a little sweeter. So I'm extremely proud of the guys, man, because it's their first one. It's their first one collectively, and they worked extremely hard, um, you know, to, to ensure that. Jabiri Blunt, not so good in the first time around. Very good for you this time around. Talk about him. Well, he was. we, we were all better than what we displayed up there. And we, we knew they didn't get our best shot. And uh, he knew that. And, you know, the great thing about great players, they always find a way to respond. And uh, he really stepped up and, and took on the challenge and responded, man. So I'm extremely proud of him. In that run you all made late, was that more of a function of the defense you played uh, against them? Because they couldn't hit any shots yeah, after a while. It's, it's, it's always based and predicated off our defense. You know, that's who we are. That's our hallmark. That's a staple of our program. So life is easier when when we get in stops and getting out and transition to manufacture points. Eagles head coach Lavelle Moden. I got to run. I got to get out of here. Want to give a big shout out to Snacks, the manager uh, for Jackson State men's basketball team. He's been the talk of the week. Uh, hit a three-pointer in a game. Big shots out to him. Also praying for our folks in Nashville, those that listen to us on WFSK who were beset by some tornadoes. Thank you to Cleo Hill Jr. for joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. For more information on the program, log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.